0: Welcome to another exciting podcast brought
1: to you by Mesa Christian Church. Two dollars, invested it, got the same amount back and gave it to the master and was happy. The master, the slave he got one dollar, buried it to hide because he was afraid of losing it. Um, and the master wasn't happy with that slave because he didn't uh, deal with it wisely as such. So, um, I do have a couple of verses for that. Um, starting with Matthew 25, 14 to 30. For to everyone who has and values his blessings and gifts from God and has used them wisely, more will be given, and he will richly be supplied, that he will have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, because he has ignored or disregarded his blessings and gifts from God, even what he has will be taken away. So basically, that's pretty much is he gives you some stuff, and if you deal with it wisely, and invest it wisely into different things, because he knows he can trust you. Whereas if you just spend it away, get rid of it, don't tithe or anything, you're just going to say, no, I'm not going to give you anything else because I can't trust you. (laughs) So in Proverbs 3, 9 to 10, honour the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of your crop, income. So it's pretty much just means that um, you should always trust God first with your income. Um, Instead of going, oh, I need to pay for this first, I need to do this, just trust God, give Him your tithing or offering if you want to do, Um, and He'll deal with the rest. He'll make sure that you can get everything you need and all your bills are paid. Um, so I'll move on to offering, what I think offering means. Um, when you give an offering, it must be in the right heart. As in the story when the rich man was going giving a lot to the temple out of his wealth. Um, but the woman who gave all she had, which may have not been much, meant more to God than what the guy who had all the wealth was. Um, in the verse Mark 12:41 to 44, Jesus sat putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins, only worth a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They have gave out of their wealth, but she has, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Um, do you not, you don't, when you give an offering, you don't want to do it in a selfish manner to go, Look, I've put in $100, look at me, I'm so great. Um, <laughs> you want to make sure you do it out of, like like it says um, in the next verse, Matthew 6, 1-4. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you if you do, you will not. You'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hi- hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they are received their, f- their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that you, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Um, so you just you don't want to be going. I'll say about it, like look, I'm so glad I'm giving to people, you just want to do it in secret, because like I says what God sees in secret, he'll reward um, what what he sees in secret he'll bring into publicity as well so uh, pretty much this, this mostly what I would think offering is about that like with, with tithing obviously it's 10%, with offering it's just, it just has to come out of the right heart, if you're going to give out of the wrong heart of selfishness or um, pride it's not. he's not going to like that um, you want to do it out of the right heart of love um, basically that's all I would pretty much say about that um <laughs> um so yeah I'll just uh, pray for the blessing and yeah um. So Lord, I just want to pray for everyone's offerings and tithes that they want to give tonight, and I pray blessing over it. I pray a blessing over everyone in this church for their week, um, that everything will go great for them, and they'll you'll shine through them like a light. So everyone in the community will see that, hey, these guys are Pentecostal Christians. They're amazing. There's something that I want from them that I don't have. Um, and I just pray, Lord, that you'll um, help anyone in this place who is needing you or is needing any sort of help for you in any way, Lord. Um, and in the name of Jesus, I just pray that we'll all have an awesome week. Um, Jesus' name, amen.
2: We'll move into the next part of our evening, which is where we're going to hear some hear some sharing. But I really want to get um, one of our amazing young adult leaders. We have Pete and Emma who are our overarching pastor leadership. But we have two other young leaders that are doing some amazing... Roy Sullivan and Tennille up here on the drums. They're taking, like, young adults this year is, like, levelling up. And so I want Troy to come up and share a little bit about the Heart for Conference and just going kind to. Of, join together in prayer about conference so
1: come up.
3: How's it going church? Wait I'm going to start off today like I don't know if you guys realize how awesome this church is. Like it's just a good church. Like it's just awesome. I went and visited some friends in Gladstone and we had a good time and they have an awesome church. I love their church as well but this church is awesome. Like, God's in the house, you guys worship, like, hard out, it's alive, it's exciting, it's passionate, and, like, I publicly want to honour honor our pastors, because, you know, like, they've taken a big risk letting us young adults, like, you never know what we're going to do, so, honestly, it's crazy, but, anyway, you've done it now, so, it's like, just, so, <laughs> anyway, I'm going to mix it up a bit tonight, what I want is, I want to get three young adults to, do, to volunteer for me, and they have no idea what I'm going to do, so they're just going to have to go by, yep, Kate, you're up. Anyone else? Let's go. Another two, two young adults. Um, Amy, yep. And uh, I'll take you. Um, yep, Rob. Let's go, Rob. Sorry, I was looking. Up. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. No, no, no. It's not. It's not a trust fall. Yeah, you're actually gonna really. You're actually gonna really like this. I think you're gonna really like this, right? I have got cash. All right. So I'm gonna give you twenty. Right? You know, it can't go away yet. I need you to do something for me. It's ten for you. Right, and five for you. All right, it's crazy because it's kind of a little bit what with, with, with what Jordan did. That's like, God's cool how he does stuff like that, right? So what I'm going to do is, right, I've given you that and it's yours. But there's one string attached, right? And you have to tell everyone in the church what, what, what you're going to do with it, okay? So I want you to start thinking about it, right? I've given it to you and it's completely yours now. You can do whatever you want with it. But what I want you to do is I want you to do something good with it. So I'm going to give you like a few seconds, like just 10 seconds, 20 seconds to think about it. And when you're ready to go, you just, you just put your hand up. Yep, you ready? Let's go.
2: I'll pay for someone's dinner,
3: tucks. Yeah. You. Right. Awesome. Cool.
1: Yeah. Yep. You ready? Yep. Yeah. So, um, might give this to anyone that wants to go to Troy's for the footy tonight. There's four, four guys. So. Nice. Wow. That's yeah. nice.
3: good stuff. All right, Amy. You What do you reckon?
0: I mean, I was gonna suggest we pull it and pay for someone to go to conference, but that's cool. Oh, oh, <laughs> <thank you>. oh. <laughs> Um, but if not, I have some mates here tonight, and I'll take them out for a drink afterwards. Yeah,
3: nice, yeah. awesome. All right, you're... <laughs> All right you, give these guys a hand, thank you. You guys can go, that's awesome, that's yours, yep. No, no, it's yours. All right. It's crazy, it's crazy how God works, eh? Like, like, Jordan just did the same type of thing, what I'm going to talk about tonight, is that, you know, like, God has given us, like, amazing gifts and talents, you know, and... As I'm talking tonight, like our young adults are, are really, in this last season, we've, had a, we've been talking a lot about stepping out of faith, we've been talking a lot about preparing the way you know, for what God's planning to do, we've been talking a lot about that type of, I don't know, like living in the, in the fourth dimension, like taking what God has, reaching up into that realm and then bringing that back down and actually living it out. And so what I was doing is I just wanted to sort of do a thing with those guys, give them some money but say, you know, what are you doing with that? You know, and so I'm going to throw that out to you. As we come into conference time and as we start to look at what God's doing and what He's done, how are we going to use what God's given us to, to do that? And I'm going to flip it in the, in the head around at the end and then have a little chat to the church as well. But I'm going to read a scripture that says this, For the eyes of the Lord move throughout the earth so that He may support those whose heart is completely His. Wow, you know, and there's, there's two main things I want to bring out of this scripture. And that is God's, the first one is God's willingness You know like and i kind of got this picture when i was like thinking about this and god gave me this scripture just dropped into my mind and i did a bit of research around the eyes of the lord as well and do some research yourself read about it it's amazing it says that god's just looking all the time and he's saying seeing the wicked person do what they're doing going well you know that's you're going to get consequences for that but he's also just desperately watching for people to step up and be like hey i'm ready come and land on my life and do something with me His, his eyes are looking he's searching He's looking, he's searching, he's looking, he's searching for us. And I wanted to challenge the church us, you know, and particularly us who come from, you know, what I believe is an, is an alive, like, Holy Spirit-filled church. We get so full with goodness and we get, we're reminded of the love and the goodness of God. Like, what are we doing with that? Because God's like, he's looking, he's going, okay, who's doing something with that? Who's actually stepping out of their comfort zone? Who's actually, like, reaching out to someone who's needy? Who's taking their kingdom-given resources and, and sowing it in some way? And for me, it's been the greatest blessing. Like, we had this crazy idea again, because we're young adults and we're a bit crazy, um, to do something in Africa. And we, were, we, were going, we wanted to climb Kilimanjaro. And me and Michael, my friend, were like, man, what, we should do something. And I was like, well, let's have a chat to Lisa. Lisa, Taken, and just see what we could do. I mean, what do they need? And she was like, I need a building. And that's another story. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, just a small building. Like, just this small little building. Yeah. And we're like, yes, we've got this. We'll raise a couple of grand. We'll do it. We rock up and it's like... Massive, and we're just like, what the flip? <laughs> it was crazy, right? I mean, Joe and a few other guys were there, and we're just like, this is impossible. We've got like three weeks; we're never getting done. But anyway, God was faithful. Money came in like crazy, and we were all sitting there like dumbfounded, going like, whoa, God moved. Like God did something. Do you know what I mean? We took this small step of faith, and we're like, whoa man. And then God just rocked up, and He He breathed on what we did and made it into something that was crazy and supernatural you know, and so I want to tell you guys right now that, you know, God's willing to be with you, to empower you, to love you, to set you free, is crazy, like, it is beyond your wildest dreams, and I'm living a proof of that, you know, and Ash Botcher he did the testimony, this um, community this morning is another testimony, some of the transformation guys are living testimonies, all of, it is of the goodness of God, so his willingness is there, but the second part of my thing is, what is your response going to be? Because God's willing, He's willing tonight even to move in your life like that. The worship and praise was crazy tonight. I was having so much fun, and God was here, and I'm like, "Yay, God!" Do you know what I mean? So, but if you don't do anything with that, what what's that what's that look like? Or like, you know, what, what are we going to do? You know, so what's going to be your response? Because if you look back in that scripture, it says He is looking to support those whose heart is completely His you know, and I think my last communion was on about like 100% sellout, like giving everything you have, and my encouragement for the young adults is like, we're coming into a season, we've got one month to go, and we've been talking about preparing the way, about praying, really praying, even doing some fasting and prayer, and you know, the church has gone with the Tuesdays of just doing solid prayer, and i encourage the church, come to the prayer meetings, you know what I mean, sacrifice, you know, because one day we're going to finish this, and God's going to be like, what would you do with what I gave you? You know what I mean? And, and we're going to be like, ah, I kind of was a bit distracted and Facebook was really tempting and, you know, and God's going to be like, yeah, but I loved you and I loved the whole world and I gave you the answer. Yeah. And we're going to be like, um, awkward. <laughs> 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 but it's true, right? Yeah. It's true. Yeah. yeah. So, and I want to flip this as well a little bit. When I was preparing this, I really wanted to encourage the church. Do you know what I'm saying? Because our church supports us. They've given us the platform tonight. They've really, really um, are a blessing to us. And they've, like, we get filled with the Holy Spirit every week as young adults. But we're going after something, you know, because of Pete's leadership. He said, we're going to start a conference, cranking, and it's happening. And we've gone out and outreach things and inviting other churches. And we've got people coming to do this and to join. And I want to encourage will you really buy in? Because, you know, like, and even Pastor Ross. Pastor Ross has got leaders coming from all over the community, like, this next week. You know, who's going to be fasting and praying with him to see God just break out in that place? Like, you know I mean? Let's do it. Like, we, God's given us a mantle to influence not just our own church, not just our own community, but this whole region. And I really am starting to believe that God can do crazy, crazy. I mean, I always believed it, but I'm starting to see fruits that that's actually starting to happen. And we're going to see, like, God... I remember one of the prophetic words is God's going to pull the arrow back and shoot firing arrows from here all over the world. And I'm like, I can see that. I'm like, God, shoot me first. Like... <laughs> Sorry, that was stupid. But anyway, um, (laughs) but you know what I'm saying? Like God, God God's wanting to use us. He's He's wanting to like empower us. He's wanting to put fire on us. He's wanting to come and breathe on us. And you know, I just can see it in my mindset. He's wanting to land. He's like, if you prepare a place, I'll land. You know, we've got great worship here. We've got an amazing team of people. We've got some of the most beautiful. I love doing life with the people I get to do life with. Our young adults are amazing people. They're awesome, right? So I'm saying to you guys, believe in us as a church. If you can, I'm going to throw, I've challenged the young adults. Like we've got a great opportunity to make a difference. And I think we're, we're poised and ready for something massive. This is our last month. Let's, let's really drive. Let's drive hard. For the church, you know, I want to throw a challenge to you guys and say, will you partner with us, with, with the assets and with the resource that God's given you? Will you invest in us? Because we're going for it. Like we're going for broke you know what I mean? Like we're, we're putting ourselves out that we've gone places, we're doing whatever we can do. We're praying, we're believing God. So will you invest in us? Yeah. Yeah? yeah? All right, so that's pretty much me, man. God's given you, He's given you everything. His eyes are looking. And I'm telling you, if you will just go, yeah, I'll help you guys, you're going to see what, the fruit of that. You'll, got, you'll actually see it. Do you know what I mean? We're starting to step out and we're seeing the fruit of that. And it's only going to get bigger and better in this house, all right? So yeah, we love you. You're an awesome church. Be blessed.
2: Ah, isn't Troy good at firing us up? He always speaks so well and he gets like a download straight from God. I love hearing from Troy. Um, We're going to hear from from some people which haven't been in our pulpit before or have just started to be in our pulpit. Um, And I'm going to start with an amazing young woman. She's joined our church in the last little while and she's really an inspiration. Um, And so she's going to come up and share what God's been talking to her about. So if you can please put your hands together for Jemima. Jemima.
0: Good evening church. I'm just going to start by praying so we're just going to close our eyes. Lord we thank you for having us here tonight. Lord we thank you that we have the opportunity to come to a place where we can worship you and we can hear more about you Lord. Thank you that we can grow in you more each and every day and Lord that we can fellowship with each other Lord. We thank you for this opportunity to be here, Lord, and we thank you that you've given us this life to use, Lord. Please help us to learn something tonight that we're going to be able to take back into our lives and apply, Lord, that we will be able to see your kingdom increase, Lord. We pray, amen. Amen. Um, So tonight I'm going to be speaking from Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, Um, and they're very well-known verses in the end of the Gospel of Matthew, but... Um, If you read the entire Gospel of Matthew, but you don't understand these last few verses, you would have completely missed the point of the entire Gospel. Um, And I'm just going to read from it now. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So this passage, it shows us that our task is unfinished but it will be finished one day and in Revelations it says that it will be finished and on that day it will be final like when God closed the door of Noah's ark in the great flood, there will be no turning back then. We can't wait until it's too late, we've been called to seek God on a new level and tell the whole world about the sacrifice that he made so that we wouldn't have to be in hell for eternity. So two words that are really key in that passage are the words go and make. And these two words are verbs, and most of you would know that these are doing words. So God is asking us to do something and be active about discipling our community. So that we need to step out of our comfort zone, to step out into God's calling on our lives to transform the lives of others. In the Bible, it actually uses the word go 1,542 times, but it only uses the word stay 62 times. So God doesn't really want us to be stagnant. As a church, we're here to be a life-saving station that's winning lives locally and globally to the Lord. We're not an exclusive Christian club that's here to provide benefits to its current members that would be staying, and that's not what God commanded us to do. We're here to establish the word of the Lord in our city for those who haven't yet come to know the Lord. But we have to make our presence known, so we ourselves need to be seeking God on a new level so we can be impacting lives that may seem unreachable. It's our mission or our purpose to be like this and to be preaching the gospel to everyone if we weren't here to save lives we'd really have no purpose on earth we'd be better off taken straight to heaven because in heaven we can do bible study we can have fellowship we can worship and all those questions that we want answered and we debate over will they be answered but he has a plan to save lives so our lives do have purpose we're here on earth to make disciples because we can't make them in heaven everyone in heaven's already a disciple We as believers are commissioned to go into all the world to bring those around us to a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ as followers and imitators of him, but will then go back into their worlds and do the same. It's a chain reaction of disciples making disciples. When I was younger, I thought that making disciples was something that you just did when you were older, when you were more mature and had your life together, but God revealed to me in the last six months that sitting in the back seat isn't an option if I wanted to continue to grow in my faith. Jesus is calling us to step up into a new level of relationship with him, to be the change that we want to see in the world, no matter how old or how under-equipped or equipped we may think we are. So I'm just going to read from Jeremiah 1, 5-7, where you can see um, Jeremiah's just being called to preach to a nation that doesn't want to hear anything that he's going to say because it's not what they want to hear. It says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And then Jeremiah replies, Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. There's a common phrase and it says, God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. And that's so true because there's nothing that we can do to be prepared for what God's going to take us into. And that's how he uses us for his glory. Amongst the young adults who've been exploring God's purpose for our lives and how we can step up and be more so that we're not just bystanders. In school, they would tell us that bystanders would get the same consequences as those people who fought. And in the legal system, we see the same thing where accomplices, they'll get charged as well. And we don't want to regret being bystanders. We don't want to get to the end of our lives and watch the people that we love and care about go in a different direction. The real question is, do you love your neighbour enough to tell them how they can be saved from an eternity in hell? Because Jesus came to seek and save the lost. And because of that, that's our mission as well when we choose him. We can choose to accept that and the purpose for our life, or we can choose to reject it and just sit in church knowing that we are saved by grace. But those in our community, our own family and our neighbours, they're not. We were called to go and make disciples And say we want to see our community saved, but if we just want to see it, what are we going to do so we can see it? It's not about talking about it, it's about doing something. Some of you may remember an old hymn called Facing a Task Unfinished. Um, And the phrases in that hymn could not have been more relevant on the day they were written than they are today. And it has a pretty incredible story behind it. In March 1929, the China Inland Mission issued a call for 200 new workers within a two year period. This was following a very difficult period in China's history where missionaries had been withdrawn from their stations in 1927 due to the Civil War. Twelve CIM workers had been martyred along with five associates. This call asked for 200 men and women who knew and loved the Lord Jesus Christ as their Saviour, who believed that the gospel of Christ is still the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. And in response to this issue that they had, Frank Horton wrote the hymn for the annual general meeting in May 1931. And by December, 200 men and women that were required had already left for China. The hymn was written as a challenge to believers to wake up, pray and commit themselves to make the life, death and resurrection of Jesus known so that salvation could occur. Tonight, I challenge you to ask God where he wants you to face this task that is unfinished in our own community and in our world so that the believers attending church monthly in Harvey Bay would no longer be 7%. As I close, I'm going to read to you the beginning of the hymn that catalyzed a revival in China. It goes, "'Facing a task unfinished that drives us to our knees, "'a need that undiminished rebukes our slothful ease. "'We who rejoice to know thee renew before thy throne.'" The solemn pledge we owe thee to go and make thee known. Where other lords beside thee hold their unhindered sway. Where forces that defied thee defy thee still today. With none to heed their crying for life and love and light. Unnumbered souls are dying and pass into the night. We go to all the world with kingdom hope unfurled. No other name has power to save but Jesus Christ the Lord. So if we take nothing away from tonight i want you to remember those two simple words to go and to make disciples thank you oh
2: so good another round of applause guys keep it going that was awesome thank you so much jemima it's a bit of a call to arms isn't it like why are we doing this hey like why are we here that's awesome um I have no doubt that God is flowing all of these things together. So we're going to the next man of God up on stage. We heard him last week. We're going to hear him again. Dave Pearson.
4: How's everyone doing tonight? You know, it's, it's crazy, hey. Like from the start of the service to now, there's been like a big, like just a big, um, like view, just like and step up, you know. Um, like as young adults, we're called to to step up and and to do things, you know. Last week, I talked about um, putting on the armor of God and you know stepping to what we've called. But like, what does that look practically? Um, so for our young adults conference, um, that's what we want to do. We want to well equip and empower. That's why it's called empower. Um, empower us to do great things. So I want to um, just uh, the longer trailer that we. Um, we did. I'm just going to read um, the script on that just so you can get an idea of what like, our vision is. Uh, so it says, "'We are young adults, brave and fearless. We are the next generation of leaders, of businessmen and businesswomen, of artists, musicians, creators and builders. We will not be bystanders, static onlookers of progress. We will not be spectators of achievement or on standby without purpose.' We will not let this world dictate our limitations. We're here to shape a future greater than that of our past, to set a foundation in anticipation of greater things to come. We have a calling on our life, each and every one of us. With God, we will create an extraordinary existence. We will stir up this city and this nation. We will lean into him and encounter him on a new level. We will trust him for even the wind and the waves obey him. With God, anything is possible. So from that, I just, I just want to take—we just don't want to be bystanders, you know. We don't want to, to sit and, and what the Troy's example tonight, practically doing things like he gave some money to people and it's like, what are you going to do with that? You know, we we have that challenge in our life. What are we actually doing? It's it's all good and well, like talking about it, but actually stepping out and doing it is another thing. Um. so, yeah, I just um, saw a quote here and it says, the more you try and avoid doing the hard things, the harder life becomes. Um, it actually says in Proverbs 14, verse 23, in labor there is profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Wow. You know, um, so, yeah, we just don't want to be sayers, we want to be doers. Um, and, you know, the first step well, the first part in doing that is actually taking the first step, you know, stepping out. And I want to tag onto what Troy was saying tonight about um, the building project. After that, we climbed a mountain. So, and I guess taking steps, like climbing mountains, kind of relates to the same thing. But I guess as I speak about this, I want you to, to relate, like, the challenges we face climbing the mountain, maybe some challenges we face in our day to day day-to-day life. Um, so we climbed Kilimanjaro, and yeah, to put things in perspective, that's a um, the tallest freestanding mountain in the world. Um, it's 5,895 meters high. Um, so it was pretty massive. Like, going in, you know, I was like, man, this is a tall mountain. Like, this is, this is going to be crazy, you know. But, you know, God's put, like, goals and challenges on our heart to do, but you know, it may you see the big picture, and like how am I ever going to do that? But you know, just taking the first step, that's where we, we want to start. You know, um, so what, I just want to um, say, yeah, there's there's tons of challenges on the way. You know, um, the, the first day was like, yeah, easy, we can do this, um, and then the and then the days after, like the altitude was setting in, like. You know, exhaustion was as thing because, like, we had to walk like three or four hours a day um, just to get to base camp. You know, and, and if it wasn't for like my, our mates and like, you know, the the biggest thing that got me through was actually praying. We were in the same tent at night, and um, like every night when we got there, like exhausted and tired, we were like, "God, thank you for another day. Like, give us strength, you know, to push through for the next day." And I mean, like, what are we like? What challenges in that do we face in life, where you know we may seem to like try and do things out in our own strength, um, but you know, with, when we partner with God, He makes things easier. So I mean, I'd, I probably wouldn't have survived climbing that mountain if it wasn't like with God with us. Um, so I'm I'm gonna go to Ephesians two verse ten, and it says in Scripture, "For we are His workmanship,s uh, His." Owner, masterwork, a work of art, created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and ready to be used for good works, which God prepared uh, prepared for us uh, beforehand, taking past to which He said, so that we would walk in the living good which He has prearranged and made ready for us. Um, yeah. So, so I mean, what what has God called us to do? Um, and I just want to go back to like just practical things like what are we doing like I know um, Pastor Pete was saying like we want to see lives changed how are we going to do that we're going to pray for that you know but if we write their names and we want to see we want to see that change you know write on their names and it's, it'll be a reminder uh, it'll be a reminder saying you know is this person saved what are we doing how are we actively stepping out to do what we're called to do um, so I'm going, I'm going to go to Jeremiah 29, verse 11, and it says, For I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster to give you a, fu- a future and a hope. So, I mean, the more we partner with God, um, the greater, the, you know, the greater challenges we can. Like this, as we, as we um, came up altitude on the mountain, it became harder and harder. But, you know, we partnered with God and, like, He gave us strength to push through and you know it's not going to be it's not going to be easy going all the time but like as we lean onto him and even lean onto our brothers and sisters like we had we had about 5 guys that were just climbing the mountain we had 30 other people carrying all our stuff to help us up the mountain you know so as a church we just want to come together and like we'll partner with god to see great change and like I can see so many young adults here and just sitting on here wanting to hear, wanting hunger. And what are we doing to, to step out, you know? I just want to yeah, just go back to what, what do we do. Write it down. Like, what are the goals we want to achieve and what do we, we want to accomplish? You know, don't just talk about it. Write it down and, like, pray about it. Get fellowship with friends and, and let's see things happen. So I just want to finish up with this one um, from Psalms 121, verse 1 to 2. I lift my eyes to the mountain. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of earth and heaven. So let's just, you know, partner with God. He'll take us through the strong, like the difficulties and, and hard times. But, you know, when we get to the mountain, we, we're like, yeah, it's an achievement. But we should be asking God, what's next? You know, what, what can we do next? So I just, yeah, just want to encourage, like, the young adults in the church just to, you know, step out and, like, practically, what can we do? Like, partner with God and, um, you know, let's see lives changed and impacted for the kingdom. Thanks, guys.
2: Thanks, Dave. Each um, little message is building on each other. Hey, so are we ready for the next one? We've got, uh, we've had Troy come and speak as one of our young adult leaders. We're going to have our amazing female representation. Um, So, Tennille, come on up.
5: Hi, Church. How are we all today? Good. Good. Can I just say thank you so much for coming out and actually supporting us? Like, this is the first time we've done a young adult takeover. And can I say myself, it's going amazingly. (laughs) And... (laughs) It's just so great to have people standing up and standing out that have never done so before, like Jemima, um, Jordan. Like it was amazing, and what they said was awesome. Like I'm panicking in the corner, going, "What are they gonna say?" (laughs) So no, thank you. You guys are amazing. I feel like a mother hen with all my little chickens. All right. So basically, what was on my heart is um, millennials. So millennials is another way of saying young adults. So has anyone ever heard the word millennials referred to a young person? All right, has anyone ever heard Millennials referred to as a young person in a negative manner? So, I was actually trying to find like some sort of video or something funny to kind of promote and like try and, you know, talk on that. But I typed Millennials in Google, scary idea. And what came up as actually kind of sad, Millennials in Google comes up as lazy, useless, unfocused, self-centered, always on the phone, always on social media ignorant and have filtered lifestyles. Yeah, yeah, so see, as a young adult, we're coming, you know, we're growing up and we're playing on phones, we're going to school, we're learning on laptops, we're learning on iPads, we're learning on, you know, all these devices. We get a job and we have to have on a resume, you know, all these lists of accomplishments before we even finish school and they demand so much from us and we learn all these things and then we get told we're self-centered because we're on the phone all the time. You know, we're not social enough because we're always on the computer. So, you know, society's teaching us one thing as we grow up and then we do it and we're told we're wrong. You with me? Um, So I think millennials need breakthrough. And, you know, if you think about how many people are between 18 and 37, 40, you know, there's millions of people in this world that have all been under the same reputation. We're all millennials. We're all being thrown in saying we're lazy, we're useless, we're ignorant, all the rest of it. And so really with today and the Empower Conference, we really want to break through and make something greater than it was yesterday. Like like Dave read out, you know, we're the next generation of leaders. So we're the next generation of creators and builders and we're actually gonna like grow this nation. So, you know, we're learning from everyone that's older than us, but we're also teaching people that are younger than us. But if people don't, believe us, if people don't listen to us, if people don't, shall I say, respect us, you know, they're not gonna listen to what we have to say. Um, example, I actually used to work in real estate not too long ago, and by the age of 20, I was a PA to my boss, I was the reception, I was the admin, I was the trainer, I, oversea, I oversaw the leasing department, um, and I was training everyone that was coming through. So, you know, that was a lot of burden, should I say, for a 20-year-old to have. And anyway, I really remember this lady coming in and I'll never forget her. She had an application, so everyone knows what an application is. You'll apply for a house at some And she gave me this application. Well, she tried to give me this application. And I said, yeah, sure, I can grab that off you. And she goes, no, I'd rather speak to someone else, thank you. I said, no, no, it's fine. I've done this before, I can take it. No, sorry, honey, you're on reception. I want to speak to a property manager. My position from where I was and where I was sitting wasn't good enough for someone else. I was judged based on the knowledge that I didn't know anything, I just answered phone calls. I didn't know anything, I didn't do anything. But little did she know... I train the people that do the applications. I train the people that do the leases. So literally, it was going to go through me anyway. But when you judge someone on what you don't know from them, you don't know what they have to input, what they can actually grow, you know? And like Troy said, I think, everyone's got talents, everyone's got skills. We can actually grow this church, and we have reason to, because we're all passionate. Like, all these young adults, they do something for the church. They're all wanting to be involved, and that's amazing. Like, how many churches can say they have young adults you know, worship team, young adults all on the front line, young adults all talking, you know, on stage. Like, that's something that's an accomplishment. You know? So, it's just one of those things that we really need to, like, push through and grow through. And I think the thing is, You know, like Dave said with the mountain climbing as well, you know, you don't just get to the top. You don't go, oh, you know, I blinked, now I'm at the top, you know, I'm amazing. You actually have to work through the struggles. You have to work through the cold. You have to climb over the hills, you know. You have to stand on the sharp rocks. Like, sometimes there is a journey that you actually have to go through before you get where you're aiming to. And even Shane Willard said about trajectory, like, um, I think his example was if you had, like, 500,000 or something, but you started with a million you've actually gone down. Like, you might be well off, but you're going downhill. If you started with a dollar in the bank and now you have five th- 500 or 500,000, yeah. you've gone up, you know? Yeah. You've actually improved. Your trajectory is going somewhere. Yes, that's and that's what I really want to push you with us as millennials, us as young adults. Like, we actually have a reputation that's been put on us that we're born into. Like, we can't change that. Same as reception. That was my job. I couldn't change where I was, but I can try and change how people perceive us, how people perceive me, and how we actually grow our young adults. So... Again, can I just say, I'm so proud of everyone for what they're doing, because even in life group, we're talking about comfort zone and stepping out, and everyone was able to give me an example, and that's amazing, because everyone's making a change in someone's life. If there's 40 young adults, then you've changed 40 other lives. You know, that's 80 people in total, and it's just going to keep growing. The more we learn, the more we grow, the more we expand, and get better and better. Now, bringing you back to the Word, I do have a scripture to go with this. <laughs> Um, which I actually think is funny because no matter what you've got, God has a scripture for you. Yeah. You're sad, he's got scripture. You're happy, he's got a scripture. You need love, he's got scripture. So he's all over it. So 1 Timothy 4.12. Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith and your purity. Can I read that again? Yeah, Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith and your purity. Your life is an example to else and if you can shine God's love, they'll see it and that creates change. So that's me for tonight. I'm going to call Kate back up and also the worship team and Kate's going to lead us in prayer.
2: Good job, sweetheart. Awesome. I do just want to take a few moments just to pull it all together tonight. They've all done such a great job and um, it's funny how... Well, it's not funny how God works. I shouldn't be surprised. The thing God puts on your heart that just brings together all of this and um, I've been really pressing into the Word recently and there's been some new revelations from some things and obviously hearing other speakers, I'm not going to say I came up with this all myself, but it really matches tonight. Um, I was hearing someone preach and they were talking about the story in um, Two Kings where I think it's Elisha or Elijah, I can never which one it is. He was in the woman's house, the woman's life was falling apart and he was um, asking her like what she wanted or what she needed. It was a jar of oil um, and what I want to kind of pull out of this a little bit to wrap it all together is, is one of the first things that Elisha or Elijah does is ask what do you want and that's a question of vision Tonight we've shared the vision, yeah? The next question he kind of asks is, well, what do you have? And we've also answered that question tonight about, and then that's a question of inventory. What do we have? Often as young adults, and it's something that's been touched on tonight is that we don't think what we have is enough. It's kind of like, oh, nah, like I don't I don't have anything, but I'm really good at doing art. I don't have anything, uh, but maybe like I can play a bit of the guitar. Well, I don't really have anything, but I can just do this little thing. And God just wants to say, he's like, I just need your nothing but. I've given you that, yeah? The next bit of the story is that um, Jesus, obviously the woman says, sorry, parallels to Jesus. I'll go there later. Um, Elisha says like, what do you have? And she says, oh, I've, I've got a, a jar. And he says, okay, we'll, we'll go and get all the other jars in the area. And, and the, the premise behind that is, is that God can only bless what there's room for. And I think in this space we created our vision. We know what we, we all kind of are starting to stir up what we've got, but God can only pour it into the people that are ready to do it. So, uh, you know, Peter and Emma are filled. They know what they want. Some of us on the leadership team, like most of us, we know what we want from this conference, but God can give more if there are more vessels that are ready to be filled. And that's something that I want us to do tonight is to see whether, whether we're ready to be a borrowed vessel for His anointing. And the vessels, He says, bring different vessels, bring empty vessels, lots of vessels. And that's the biggest thing is that we're all different. We're all different shapes and sizes. We all have different capacity. And and God doesn't want us to all come and be the same. He wants us to just come and be what we are and He'll fill us and He'll use us where He wants us to be. And that's like Jesus. There's parallels between this story, um, between Elisha and and the woman and, and Jesus and us, you know. So He asks us, what will you bring to me? So tonight I wanna ask you guys, do you see what we see? Do you have what we're talking about? And you do. Do you wanna be a vessel that's ready to be filled? So why don't you stand to your feet tonight? We're gonna start to get into a little bit of worship, but I just wanna open up this altar for anyone that's ready to make a declaration that we are not what they say we are. We are not millennials that are lazy, that are no-hopers, that are useless. We are God's borrowed vessels that He is going to pour out His anointing oil on and we are going to make massive change for our region, for our young adults as a whole, for our world. So if you're ready to be filled, I want you to come out from your seat. I want you to come and stand in the front, lift your hands and be ready to be poured out on because we're going to spend some time letting God pour out His love into us.